Welcome back, everybody, to the next episode of the Revis and Butthead podcast. In this episode, my co-host and I will be inviting a special guest onto our show. He is a longtime suffering Jets fan along with the both of us. And in this episode, we are just going to go through our top five wide receivers in the in the 2022 NFL draft. And with that said, Robbie, do you want to tell everyone uh, why you became a Jets fan and what your favorite uh, Jets moment is? Oh, man. Long time. Uh, first time I went to a Jets game, I was oh, man, I'm trying to think of 2003, I think. I remember because it, it was Wayne Corbett's last game as a Jet. He caught that pass and smacked the back of his head, concussed, and that was his last, his last game he's ever played. But I remember that game so clearly because, like, my dad got me a Jonathan Vilma jersey, like, just some throwback stuff right there. Like, that's really when I started to really follow the Jets and everything, like that moment. My favorite Jets moment, it's got to be that that uh, we beat the Patriots in the playoffs 2010. God, it's got to be it. That's, that's everyone's. That's, yeah, there's no better moment than that. That was, that's, that's peak. That's peak for us. Absolutely. It was, it was one of the Jets. <clears throat> it was honestly the Jets Super Bowl to us as, as Absolutely. millennials and Gen Zers. But yeah, that uh, or that Colts game. That Colts game was crazy. Oh, the too. Colts game was cool. That was a good one. And we almost beat them in the playoffs with Sanchez, too. He almost, oh. he almost drove down the field and, and did it. But uh, what could have been? 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 It could have been really weird. Uh, but m- pushing right along, Robbie, I think you should start off with uh, who is your number five ranked wide receiver? All right, so at number five, I have Ohio State, Chris Olave, six foot, 187, 187 pounds. Uh, this guy is – he's a playmaker. Um, on the pros I have, he runs smooth routes. Uh, he's got big playability. He's got great speed. He's a deep threat kind of guy. Um, some things I think that he could work on is, like, he's not very aggressive – um in the passing game i mean not the passing game in the blocking game um and then also yards after the catch it does like he he doesn't have like as much like as like these other guys who are like a trailing burke so like a garrett wilson or guys like that um but i compared him to someone like a calvin ridley great route runner um smooth footwork uh and he has good hands too and I, and I think he really executed all three levels of the field. Wow. Okay. Um, I would like to say that all I got was a co-host and Rob got to talk for like five minutes. <laughs> Joe didn't even say, Joe didn't say many, he said co-host, but well, my number I, five. Everyone knows you're the co-host Hussein. I don't have to really introduce you anymore. You know, that guy Hussein. My, so my number five, I think is actually going to shock you guys. Traylon Burks. Yeah. Oh, I put him man. down at five. <laughs> I put him down at five. Yeah, I see the look on your face. So here's the thing. I don't care about the 4-5-5-40 time. I don't. You look at the tape against Alabama, he's faster than 4-5-5. He had ran the entire defense. What I care about is your explosive drills, your three-cone shuttle, your vertical jump, your broad jump. If you're going to overcome those kind of drills, those explosive drills that show short area quickness, you need to be a freak athlete, kind of like DK Metcalf was. 
everyone's like, oh, DK ran a bad three cone, but he was a freak athlete. For the guys who have the slower 40 times, who tend to be explosive receivers, think like Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams. Those guys ran high four, five, low five, low four, six. Their three cones were in the 80th percentile. That's what kind of matters for receivers. And that's what I, that's what I saw with Traylon Burks. He doesn't have that. He doesn't have the 40 or the three cone for me to match it. So I still like him a lot, but I think out of any group receiver, in my top five, he has the lowest floor and that scares me the most. But what do you think about his ceiling? Ceiling probably up there in this class to be number one, but the floor is just too low. The comp for you guys, I think you guys will really like this one. We've like talked about, we've heard AJ Brown and like Debo Samuel. I comped him to Quincy Nunwa. I thought that too, honestly. That kind of crossed my mind as well, a fellow yeah. Jet. Yeah, he's again tough, good size, not crazy fast, used literally everywhere, slot outside, H back. That's kind of how he'd be used. And I think that's, that's the comp I gave him. Fair, fair. So I would have to say for my number five receiver in this class, uh, shocker, it wasn't Traylon Burke. So I'm going against the grain here a little bit. Um, but at number five, I have from USC, six foot three, 219 pounds, Drake London. And the reason for this is because I like his contested catch ability. He can really go up and win the football. He's, he can show patience as a route runner. He's good at finding the soft spots and zones. As I was watching his tape, there were some really concerning, easy drops that he made. And I'm not talking about the drops where you think that he outstretches his arms and goes up for the ball above his frame and everyone else's. But these were drops that were in and out of his hands, upright, no contact. It, it was a little concerning. But again, the guy was being targeted 15 targets a game, which is honestly insane. And I went back and and counted and apparently he had eight drops. And at 15 targets a game, I don't know if you want to do the math, 15 times eight. That's not, that doesn't sound too terrible, but I did see it enough when I watched it. It was a little concerning. He can line up anywhere. He lined up in the slot. And the one big concern that I have, it's a very, very popular uh, concern for him is that I didn't see a whole lot of separation being generated. He did. Now, due to his size, he's going to have some innate ability to separate just because of his long limbs, his height, and all that. But in terms of being able to, to, to maintain a step ahead of his defender, I didn't really see all that much. He really generated the most of his separation on slant routes. Uh, I didn't really see it uh, elsewhere. But again, the quarterback situation hurt him in that regard. So it's hard to project for me. I don't like the projection in this case. So for that reason, I had him as my number five receiver. Now, in terms of player comps, I, I didn't want to be too generic, but I had to be generic for this one. So I compared him to a poor man's Vincent Jackson. I honestly that's a good the same thing. That's, that's a good one. That is a good one. Hey, I try, guys. <laughs> I hope you saw me smacking my head during that. Right? You said Drake <laughs> London at five. I did. But, I did. Honestly, it kind of threw me off for a second. Not going to lie. Like, it's kind of like when you said Traylon Burks at five. <laughs> <laughs> I will say for a guy who can catch every fade you throw him, he drops a weird amount of slant routes. He drops yeah. the easy ones and I don't get I it. He drops a weird amount. of. He hears footsteps. I think genuinely. It's like, it's like, like a footsteps. concentration thing. It could be. And, and that's, Hey, that's, that's why I have him at five. 
Yeah. All right. Number four, I have Alabama wide receiver Jamison Williams. He's six foot one and a half, 179 pounds. We all know the speed is there. He's got elite speed. He's a he's a good route runner. He's got that it's it's that breakaway speed, man. He's a good deep threat. He's got long limbs, which is good for the contested catch. Um, he's great yards after carry. He's played a little bit of kick returner. Um, there's not too many bad things to really say about him, but he obviously he tore his ACL in the national championship this year, so that drops his uh his draft stock. Um his uh I also have that his press release, like when he's being pressed, is kind of narrow and a little indecisive. Uh, I think he needs to be a little more aggressive off the line. Um, and then a NFL comparison, who I compared him to, I compared him to Will Fuller. Okay, okay. I see that. Yeah. So Rob, I got a question for you because honestly, coming into this, you're such a Jamison Williams guy. I know. I, I, I would have just I would have pegged you having him at one. Why four? You know what? I I like some guys a lot more than him, honestly. The more tape I started watching, and the ACL is a concern, but uh, I, I, it's also system fit. So when I was making this list, I was thinking more so like who would fit the Jets the best. And we could use a guy to use like that deep threat breakaway speed, but I, that we're not like a, a vertical type offense. We're more of like create separation, slant routes, get like, like an Elijah Moore kind of guy. We need, we need guys who can create separation and get open. Uh, I think Jameson Williams executes better in like the deep threat game. Um, and I just, I, I like, I like some guys a little bit better than him. All right. I like it. Um, if you're all set, I'll go with my number four. My number four is Chris Olave. Um, Rob's number five, of course. And here's where I went with Chris Olave for a second. Cause I'm like, this just makes too much sense. When was the last time we saw a guy who was just a straight up elite filthy route runner who had sub four, four speed, but got overlooked because he was playing with another top five receiver and a first round quarterback and just a stacked offense. I'm going to have to go with Justin Jefferson, Justin Jefferson. Thank wow. you. That that's my comp for him. He's again, Chris Olave ran a four, three, nine. His routes are filthy. He's the best pure route runner in his class. He's, he's lanky. Like Justin Jefferson, he wins every level of the field. Let's not forget this time last year, when Chris Olave opted into Ohio State, we were heartbroken. This guy was insane last year. I did not think he needed to come back to school. His 2020, his 2021 was good. His 2020 was bonkers. Um, best route runner. He can win short, mid, deep. I, there's really like the only thing you could really knock on him is for his size. And you kind of said that about a few guys in this class. So it's not even that much of a knock. His size is, isn't even mid, if you ask me. He's pretty skinny. So, it's, so is Jamison Williams and Gary Wilson. Fair. But, hey, that's, okay. that's fair. Everyone, everyone has their things about receivers. but that's fair. A lot of the, I, have a, I have comments about Gary Wilson that we'll get into. A, a lot of receivers in this class are skinny, so you can't knock someone like Olave for being skinny when Wilson and Williams are just as skinny. But it's definitely something to bring up. It's noteworthy. Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, but going into my number four, 
I'm going to have to copy you saying, and I had Chris Olave as well at, at number four. Wow. Uh, so we, we were on the same wavelength, wavelength there. Cause uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure I remember uh, raving to you last year saying about how, I, how much I loved Chris Olave even last year, but I feel like the perfect way to describe Chris Olave is he's a, in terms of a vertical threat, he is more of a field stretcher. He's not a home run hitter, right? He'll get open on the deep posts. He'll get open on the deep corner routes that you see usually off play action, but he's, he's not going to take a slant to the house. That's just not who he is. Um, his short area explosiveness seems to be uh, average. Um, but like you said, Hussein, the guy can just run routes. The guy can win. The guy can create separation just off of his, uh, his body control, off of his suddenness and his breaks at the top of the routes. Uh, he, he's shown off some sideline tiptoe action in college, which I definitely, definitely enjoy. Uh, he, and I love how he has just elite ball tracking skills while, while the ball's in the air, which is, which is a really big deal uh, if you watch the Jets this past year because it seems like none of the receivers the Jets had had any ball tracking skills when it came to deep balls. And, you know, the, the one time Short we balls. saw, yeah, coming from Corey Davis who dropped most of them, and then you had oh. – and the one play that keeps coming to my mind is Elijah Moore against Carolina, where he just he just had to adjust so late to that ball that he dropped it because of that reason. So ball tracking skills, in my mind, is is a very underrated part of his of his skill set. But and another observation that I made while watching him is that he's nuanced, not explosive. Well, he, he does have some explosiveness. I'll clarify, but he's more nuanced than he is an explosive player. And as a pro comp, I wanted to go against the grain. And I described him as a more fluid Van Jefferson. And that's my player comp for him. Just similar size. They both went off routes. Um, I just think Chris Olave has a little bit more uh, acceleration and deceleration skills than Van Jefferson does. And for that reason, that's why I comped Chris Olave to him. I think when you talk about a guy who can be fluid, who like bases game off fluidity and not explosiveness, and then can win like that, and then also throw in four three nine speed. That's dangerous. Yeah, and I think so we all remember watching like a lot of Justin Fields studying last year when he ran that corner route against Penn State and came down with that deep corner and like triple coverage for like the fingertip touchdown. Sold. Yeah, absolutely. He's such a smooth route runner. Um. So I guess I'll go with my number three. I have USC wide receiver Drake London. Uh, I know Joe was talking about him before. Um, I mean, he obviously has that elite size. He's got great length, so it's great for mismatches. When I think about Drake London, I think about a guy who he could play. He's had so much experience inside and outside, so in slot. Um, he's just a mismatch guy. Like, I don't, you need you need to have like a big corner on him at all times. Um, a lot of these smaller guys, he's just going to outbody them. Um, he has strong hands. Like Joe was saying, he's great on the contested catches. Um, and then I think he needs to work on that quick on his, uh, his quick release off the line, too. Uh, I don't think he's a bad route runner by any means. Um, I just, he doesn't really have that quickness as like a, a Chris Olave or a Garrett Wilson. Um, and then. As a pro comparison, I was comparing him to, I was going to say, like a Vincent Jackson, but I went with Mike Williams because Mike Williams is, they really tried putting, putting him in the slot again this year, 
when I see he's typically like an outside receiver kind of guy. But they've had him in the slot this year, and you saw the success that they had with him, putting a bigger guy in the slot. And I think that's what – if the Jets were to draft Drake London, like they can play him anywhere. Yeah, so moving on now to my number three. I'm kind of upset because my number three is also Drake London, and you two <laughs> basically said everything about him that I wanted to say. <laughs> um, so I actually think Drake London's working with him. I think he has a pretty good release, good enough to win on to get win on deep balls. So corners tend to play off him, and when they play off, they're so worried about him going deep. He has the curls, the comebacks, the back shoulder fades open all day. That's a lot of his tape. If you want to see him also win on routes, watch him versus Notre Dame. He had a great game versus Notre Dame when they were a top-10 team at the time. Um, you guys said it so many times. Big slot. He was a big slot as a freshman at 6'3". This year, he even though he played half a season, he led the, all of college football on contested catches. He was up there in yards after catch. So he's an after-catch machine, and you kind of see that with the amount of screens they threw Drake London this year. I comped him to Mike Evans. I was actually between Mike Williams and Mike Evans a lot. Yeah. I went with Mike Evans because of his ability. Um, I think he's better in the open field than Mike Williams. And I think that's more what like London encapsulates. Drake London's a guy who can also be trusted with a screen and get, you know, eight yards on third and seven or through like a short ball. Cause he has that good open field awareness. Yeah, and I, I do want to bring up the point. I, I kind of forgot to mention this when I was talking about Drake London is that I wrote down in my notes, if you tackle him high, you're done. You don't even have a chance to bring him down. And it's I'm so done. surprising because so many people try to tackle Drake London high. It's just like, why why do these guys think they can match up with this 6'3", 6'4", behemoth of a receiver? I don't get it. I and really one thing, don't. One more thing I want to add about him. He hasn't run, put in any times or anything. That could move him up. If he, if he runs well, he tests well at his pro day. He's got that like second extra pro day at USC. That can move him up for me. Is he for sure running for that day? So they actually added in a second pro day at USC just for him. Okay. Yeah, he has, he, his, that. he has his own day on April 5th. It's going to be a big day for his stock. Uh, Interesting. Which, well, whether he decides to run the 40 or not, because who knows how uh, how much his ankle will affect him at that time. But it's it's a big number for him. It could definitely, it would it would move him up my ranking list if he ran a good 40 time. Three cone. And Stop three cones. Three, three cones, baby. Three, three cone, 20 yard shuttle. But moving on to my number three receiver, and I think this is going to be a, a bit of a surprise for, for both of you. But at number three, I have from Georgia, George wow. Pickens, six foot three, 195 pounds. The numbers don't pop off the stat sheet, but let me tell you, when I watched his film, I was wildly wildly impressed he is nuanced in his routes he has a developed route tree he understands leverage and can manipulate corners off his release he's able to get in the blind spots he can accelerate and decelerate quickly he flashes elite ball skills to go up and get them the one problem with george pickens is that he's labeled as a boomer bust receiver i can sort of kind of do see that but i think his floor is a little higher than the bust label um but I think his fit in this offense would be really, really perfect, honestly, because he is he is the prototypical X receiver. He lined up outside in the X position probably about 75 to 80 percent of the time. Uh, he occasionally lined up in the slot, but he dominated on the outside. And 
Uh, I watched, I even went back to 2019, Hussein. I went back to 2019. You want to know why? That's not something you do, man. No it's, not, no, it's not something I do. But you want to know why I went back to 2019? Why? To watch him against LSU. Oh, that's a great team, yeah. That 2019 and LSU team. I want to remind people that uh, Georgia played LSU in the championship game. And George Pickens was actually uh, not able to play in the whole first half because he was uh, ejected in the game prior against Georgia Tech. So he was out for the first and second quarter. Didn't come in until the third and fourth quarter. And he put up about uh, 50-something yards and a touchdown. Uh, one, that touchdown was against Stingley. He made a circus catch over Stingley. Uh, he also was able to take a slant about another 10 to 15 yards dragging Stingley. Um, so I liked what he put up uh, against an elite competition. Un- unfortunately, that uh, production came a little late in the game as the game was kind of out of hand at that point. I'm pretty sure uh, by the third quarter, uh, LSU was up like 28 to three. Um, but it didn't once George Pickens got in the game, it didn't take long for Georgia to, to score and they went right to him. And uh, and he did not look like Derek Stingley was someone who was uh, giving him issues. He looked like he belonged uh, against uh, the top competition. And with all that said, uh, I'm going to go into my 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 pro comparison. And I compared him to a Chase Claypool or a Mike Wallace type receiver. I didn't know what adjective to throw in front of those players. Cause uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but I've, I've called uh, Drake London, a poor man's Vincent Jackson and et cetera. Uh, more fluid uh, Van Jefferson for Chris Olave, but I was struggling to come up with, an, uh, with another adjective. So I'm just going to go with Chase Claypool or Mike Wallace. And he also went into the season with a torn ACL. Yeah, he did. He came back like right for the SEC title game. Yeah. Wow. That was interesting. Joe. I didn't see like, we need to talk about this. Cause I don't think like, I don't, I didn't see that coming. I like George Pickens, but wow, three. All right, so where do you yeah. draft him? What spot would you say, okay, I would draft George Pickens at? Well, definitely not a 10. Okay, yeah, great. So there, there's only two receivers I take a 10, okay? Number one and number two, which we'll get right. to. Right, exactly. Uh, for George Pickens, I think, I think he's going to go earlier than people think he will. I don't think he's going to be a second rounder. I think he's going to be in the first round. And the reason for that is because I think a team like the Packers or Chiefs, if he falls that far, he is going to be their guy because he is a prototypical X receiver, especially to replace someone like Devontae Adams. Um, So I think ideally if the Jets were to take him, I think the sweet spot, they would have to trade down somewhere. I would think they would probably have to trade down to maybe 15 to 22 um, just to make sure they get – uh, in before that big run of receivers that everyone is expecting at the late second round, uh, the late half of the first round. Uh, but if the Jets were to trade down for whatever reason, I think George Pickens would be at the top of my list of who I would take personally. Okay, so now I have more questions for you because this just shocked me. Do you have any concerns with his ability to like, he hasn't gotten that much college experience. 2019 is a true freshman. They kind of sub in and out a lot. 2020 was a COVID shortened year. 2021, he tore his ACL in spring camp and came back halfway through. He hasn't had a lot of game experience compared to the other guys on our top five list. Does the ability to translate worry you? I don't think it worries me all that much. I do understand, however, that is why uh, analysts are calling him a boomer bust prospect. But I think just seeing how developed his game was, especially in terms of route running, given his limited experience, 
I think that just gives him a pretty decent floor, especially in an offense that uh, accentuates route running. Uh, he'll be a pretty good fit instantly. Uh, he, he can be easily schemed the ball, especially in a Michael Fleur offense. And because of those reasons, I think that he even has a lot more room to grow and he can focus on uh, maybe becoming more consistent in contested catches, which he has shown elite ball skills uh, in college. It just hasn't been consistent enough, but I think he's got a lot of room to grow in the NFL. And I think his floor is higher than people think. I will say you gave me a uh, crap for the whole lanky thing with Chris Olave. This dude's six three and one ninety five. <laughs> no, no, no. I was <laughs> he's six three and one ninety five. No, no. He's man. he's hey. He's definitely he's definitely lanky. He's long and lanky. He's got build up speed. He's got that Antonio Cromartie. Uh, you know, he needs about five to six steps before he really gets going. But um, a lot of these receivers in this in this class are are thin frame. Uh, unless you're talking about Drake London or or Traylon Burks, but. He's saying, uh, do I need to field any more questions? No, I think we're okay. Rob, you got any questions? This, this, this is shot. The look I, I at just, our face. Man. I, was, saying, I, was sh- I was shocked when, he's, when he put him at three. Um, I definitely, he's in my top ten. Uh, this, there's so many guys I like in this draft. It's, it, was hard, it, it was hard to, to pick that fifth guy. I'm a sucker for Christian Watson. I think he's so explosive. I, I think he could really do it all. Uh, but I like George Pickens, too. He's, he's, uh, I'd pick him at like 38. Um, yeah, I mean, like what Joe is saying, like you got to go based off the tape, not just his, the amount of games that he's played. And you can make the same argument for like Derek Stingley. Like there's, there's not too much tape, but you've seen how elite he could be on the field. Wow. Um, Shocking. Shocking. <laughs> I guess I'll go to number two. It kind of jaw dropped. Like we don't know where to go from there. <laughs> yeah, I kind of stunned everybody. By the way, you're saying this is what I meant when I was texting you that there's going to be a shocker in my in my list. I told you I was. This a shocker. is what I meant. I had trailing breaks at five. That was my shocker. Clearly, you guys have them like top three at this point. But all right, so I'll go with my number two. This guy was originally my three, but the more I watched his tape, I I got trailing Burks at number two. He's six foot two, 225 pounds. This guy is freaking built. Uh, he's got premium size and speed combination. Like, obviously, what Hussein was saying, he outran the whole Alabama defense. Like, the speed, the four, the four, five, 40 is not a concern. Straight line uh, speed versus like actual game speed are two totally different things. People don't get that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he, I think he's, like he could be that Swiss Army knife in the Jets system that they that they're really looking for. Um, like they're going after guys like Tyree Kill, and the Dolphins are going to be running essentially the same offense. They're running the the Shanahan system, yep. and that's that's why Miami wanted Tyree Kill. Um, and you could assume the same thing for the Jets for with Michael Floor. Um, I think they're looking for like that Swiss Army knife kind of guy, like a Debo Samuel. Uh, I guess you, I, I don't have my comparison to Debo Samuel, but obviously you could say that, um, he's got great yards, uh, yards after the yards after the catch, um, ability. Uh, I have, I have the cliche AJ Brown. Uh, I think he's AJ Brown with like, it's a little more elusive. Uh, he has big playability and, uh, it's the, the tape really speaks for, for itself for this guy. And, not, the, and also, Joe Douglas is apparently gushing for Traylon Burks. 
So, Robbie, so tell me about what you think of Traylon Burks' floor because his floor is the reason I dropped him to five. How low do you think his floor is? Uh, his floor, like, in terms of, like, what do you want to say, like a player comparison or – Floor floor in terms of, like, at the minimum, what do you think he'll kind of be at the NFL level? What can you, like, expect from him? I could tell you he's not going to be a Denzel Mims. <laughs> I really – I don't know, man. I, if, he, if he's drafted by the Jets um, – I think he's going to be a day one starter. Um, as far as his floor, like, I don't know, man. I really don't see him as like a Denzel Mims. I can see him as like maybe like a fourth option, the lowest next to like uh, Braxton Barriers, maybe being a little bit above him. Um, I don't know. He's, he's so versatile. Like, you can really do anything with him. Yeah. I definitely think his yak is good enough yeah. to like have a okay floor but just if you're gonna draft a receiver at 10 you have to be sure this dude can be your uh, number one target yeah. for your you know what i mean you absolutely. gotta be sure this guy can be your number one target for your or very confident in that fact absolutely but let's move on i'll give my number two now i don't think you guys saw me putting him this high i have jameson williams at number two wow yeah i didn't even um, think it's in your top five no he's he's number two for me i i'm actually um I feel a lot better with his ACL recovery, hearing him talk at the combine, how good he's looking. Um, Tony ACL boys. Tony ACL boys. I, I can absolutely just, you know, <laughs> feel it with him. Um, he, his recovery is going better than I think most people understand. Uh, not even like better than most people understand, but like it's going well. He expects to be ready close to camp. So like getting, I think one of my biggest concerns with him is getting a full camp as a rookie means a lot, but I think he'll at least he'll be there. I think maybe not preseason action, but I think he'll be there in camp. I think he'd be confident in that. And that's just great for me, but the player itself. Wow. I mean, you're talking sub four, three speed. And I'll tell you, this is a guy who once he got a handle of the Alabama playbook, he just went off, went off in the sense of that. He put up like, what looks like, I think like out of seven games, he put up over a hundred yards six times in a row and not against small teams against ranked teams in the sec. The biggest one was just Georgia. You know, we talked about, Oh, Chris Olave is a good deep threat. Can't take a slant to the house. This guy can take anything to the house. He is a weapon. Every time he catches the ball, you have to be concerned wherever he is on the field. There's, and my favorite thing about him is that when they played Cincinnati, they took away, him going deep. They even if even if they kept him away from Sauce, which is smart, they still had Kobe Bryant, who won the like defensive back player of the year award in college football. And he didn't have the deep balls that he normally gets. And he still put up a respectable seven catch, 62 yard stat line in what was a low scoring game. That's so the same I, exact game that I was gonna compare it to. So yeah, I think he um I think he showed that he can get it done when the deep ball isn't there and be a complete receiver. He's obviously quick enough, got the short area quickness, the long speed to be a dominant receiver. Now, I want to get one thing clear because everyone's like, oh, we're going to get Jamison Williams because we want a Tyreek Hill. No one is Tyreek Hill. There is Tyreek Hill might be the most, forget the sub 4-3 speed, Tyreek Hill might be the most jacked guy under six foot in the, on the planet. Dude, there is, is no Tyreek Hill. Yoked. He's, He's yoked. yoked. He's yoked. There is no Tyreek Hill. So the comp I gave for Jamison Williams is Deshaun Jackson. That was, that that was, was when I, I was, I, I was put, between him and Will Fuller. I put a lot of thought into the Deshaun Jackson one. And I really like that X factor, deep threat, 
Anytime the ball gets in his hands, take it to the house, punt and kick returnability. I love Jamison Williams. If he's healthy, if he checks out, like obviously coming up closer to the draft, that's what can like kind of swap him in London for me is where those medicals are at. But if he's looking good and his PT is going well, I don't see why I'd not take him a 10, honestly. Love that summary of saying. Yeah. Um, great player, player comp, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but going in for my number two receiver, we have Chris Olave's running mate, 5'11", 183 pounds, Garrett Wilson. He has been mentioned quite a few times already. Uh, I don't want to keep going on and on about the um, about the elite separation that he can generate. But the one thing I do want to bring up is that he eats against man coverage, and that's the one thing the Jets receivers could not separate against this year, against Denver or the Patriots. It's the one thing the Jets receivers has, have not been able to get any separation on, and he just he dominates – all day on it uh you're you're gonna have a really hard time uh covering him one-on-one in the nfl um another thing i like is you can rely on him to make people miss on the simple bubble screens it's it's the easy yards and when you have a young quarterback easy yards they're your quarterback's best friend and nothing is better than just getting the ball out to your to your playmaker and let him do his thing for a first down and speaking of first downs the guy's a chain mover man he just he I I couldn't keep count of how many times uh, when Ohio State needed a first down, they went to Garrett Wilson or Olave. Olave was also clutch in his own right, but Garrett Wilson was the guy in terms of that. Uh, I watched uh, Ohio State versus Purdue. Uh, it was a fourth and one late in the game, and uh, they they wanted to seal it, and they went right to Garrett Wilson on the slant route, and he just took it in for a touchdown. And that just kind of just goes to show that uh, he he not only has a short area explosion, uh, but he can maintain separation uh, on his routes at, uh, after after he breaks at the top of his routes. And in terms of a pro comp, I it was hard to pin him on one player for me, so I had to name two players. I had him as a mix between DJ Moore and Jerry Judy. That's interesting. I haven't heard that one yet. I've heard the and DJ more. I haven't heard Jerry Judy, but I like it. I, I think the Jerry Judy makes a lot more sense than people realize because one of the one knocks on Garrett Wilson's game is that he's had concentration drops, which is also something that Jerry Judy heavily struggled with in his time at, at, uh, at Alabama and has been a slight issue in Denver, but I, I think there's a lot of similarities and that's, that's my comp or comps for Garrett Wilson. I guess I'll jump right into my number one then, which is Ohio State, Garrett Wilson. Uh, I'll just piggyback off of what Joe was saying about him. Um, He's only six foot, 188 pounds, but he plays big. He's got a great vertical. Like this guy has some bunnies. Like I've seen him jump over guys to catch a 50-50 ball. Um, Also, another thing is like when I watch him catch the ball, like he just like, I, I I don't have him as my player comparison but he looks like Odell when he catches the ball he's got great hands he's got big hands too big strong mm-hmm. hands I, I I say he's always he's got hands the size of Thanos <laughs> um but he he's consistent uh, the concentration balls are obviously a problem um he also has punt returner experience uh 
as far as the Jets, I think they'll probably stick with Barrios, but a second option is it's Garrett Wilson's not a bad number two option to have. But I, I love Garrett Wilson. I think he's a perfect fit for the Jets for a guy who can get open. That's that's what he's been doing at Ohio State his whole the whole time he's been there. He gets open. He's a great route runner. Um as far as cons, uh I don't want to say like by any means, he doesn't have bad footwork at all, but I think he needs to clean up just a little bit. Um, and then also, he gets pressed like off the line again because of his size. He gets pressed up a little bit, but other than that, like this guy is. I, I think he's an. I think he's an elite talent. Honestly, he's so good. He's really fun to watch. And I think him and Elijah Moore. Come on, like who is stopping that? To like both of them. Insane route runners. Like the more I think about it, the more I'm thinking about <laughs> it. Like is like, like Corey Davis. Is this guy really our number one? Like is he is he that system fit guy? Oh, I, I the more see. the more I think about like the, like the receivers and like the the Shanahan system. Like why was Corey Davis our first free agent signing last year? There's I, so there's so many like. These young guys, like every year, I feel like this route running is just insane. Like the speed, it's just it's just there now. Corey Davis is a good fit for what it's worth. He's just not a yeah. good fit when he's the main focus of the defense. Absolutely, there's, there's, there's a difference. We also, need guys I, to get open. I think we would love to hear Wilson to Wilson. Like how? Yeah, that'd absolutely. be awesome. <laughs> Wilson squared. Yeah. Wilson yep. squared. Uh, okay, my so. my pro right, comparison to him, I had like I was mentioning Odell. Uh, obviously, I don't think he's as an elite route runner as Odell is with that crisp footwork. Like, but I have him compared to Stefan Diggs. I know they were saying that at the combine. Like, he, he did mention it. Like, oh, like he's so flattered by the comparison to Stefan Diggs. But he's, he's a hard guy to like really pinpoint to someone, you know? But I do like the Jerry Judy comparison. Oh, oh, thank you. I, I put a lot That's of good thought in that one. <laughs> that was a good one. That was the equivalent of me for Williams and DJX. That was a good comp. Yeah. All right. My number one, clearly with my facial expressions, is Garrett Wilson. I'm pissed. You guys said everything I wanted to say about him, but I'm going to say it anyways because I have some. I'm going to start with my comp just because Rob stole it. My comp from Mr. Fondigs. That was the one I was so sure of. Um, I want to say one thing about you mentioned the hand size. That's kind of like why I'm not as concerned about his smaller height is because he has average arms way above our average hands. And that kind of matters more than size to me as a receiver. I want to, want to say one thing about Garrett Wilson, and this applies to Chris Olave as well, is that the Ohio State offense is easy for quarterbacks because it's just a one read, hitch, handoff. For receivers, it's tough because you walk out to every play with three different routes based on the cornerback's alignment. Right. So it's tough for receivers. So understanding that offense, having a good concept of it is good because we also run a pretty difficult offense for receivers with multiple option routes per play. So I want to get into Garrett Wilson now a little bit because I have some more to say about him. Joe mentioned the Purdue game. His one score that he brought up is actually the one that was like the one that didn't even matter the most to me. Like, yes, it was great because I don't know who did you realize the, the tackle he broke on that slant route was George Karloftis. Yes. He dragged him into the end zone. He dragged George Karloftis into the end zone on fourth and one on the slant route. Yep. But there's some other stuff in that game. Um, he shows the ability to catch and run. Um, he, 
his touchdown, his second one, he lost the corner on a 50-50 ball. He wins a lot more 50-50 balls than he's given credit for because the week after against Michigan, in Michigan, a game they lost pretty badly, he went up over the corner for a touchdown. Mossed him. Just like that. He wins a lot more of those balls he gets credit for. He took a jet sweep 50 yards to the house. And not only did he take a jet sweep 50 yards to the house, Ruckert missed a block on the corner, and he still cut up field right past him. Um, then, obviously, the, the fourth touchdown is one Joe mentioned. The end of the year, Garrett Wilson just caught fire. He had the four-touchdown game against Purdue. He had two scores against Michigan State. He had all these games over 100 yards, a touchdown and 120 yards against Michigan. And these are all teams at the time ranked, you know, top 20. He was also great last year. There is one more thing I saw about him is that he has great awareness of the sticks. There is a play, same Purdue. I spent so much time watching the Purdue game because I just loved it. He had, there was a little mesh play on, I think it was like third and five. Now he caught, he caught the mesh route on the drag. And I'm like, okay, he can keep running, try to turn the corner, pick up extra yards. But he stopped, got the, got the defensive back to like kind of follow because he stopped on a dime, just cut up field and dive to get the first down instead of trying to turn into a home run play. So he has great awareness of the sticks. When I was, you know, started this process of ranking my receivers, I thought, ah, this is going to be close. I'm going to have a really tough time deciding who's number one. The more I watched Garrett Wilson, the more clear how I thought it would be that he is number one, and it's not even close in my opinion. This is a guy who has the highest floor of all receivers, probably not the highest ceiling, but his floor is 1,000 yards year in, year out. And if that's your floor, taking that every day of the week. Very well articulated, Usain. Oh, I feel, I feel very passionate about my top two guys. See, I, I honestly had a feeling that you watched that game too, which is why I kind of wanted to leave a little bit for you to talk about it at least because I could have went on a tangent, but I refrained from it. For, that, for game, that game was insane. That and the Michigan games are the two games I like just watched three or four times, and it's just crazy. Yeah, you know I love me some Garrett Wilson too. I just got done explaining that. But without further ado, we've, we've reached the last – selection in this podcast my number one receiver is jameson williams six foot one 179 pounds from alabama the ultimate home run hitter the jets just need speed and watching his watching the film i was a lot uh, not even a lot i was just wildly more impressed with the nuances to his game than i thought i would be i initially thought he was just going to be just the run of run of the mill uh, deep threat that comes out of Alabama, but hey, I've I saw some plays right where I saw him uh, exhibit some high IQ in terms of uh, defensive coverage uh, recognition. So uh, just just a quick example of that. Um, a, a typical alignment the defenses would would do to to defend Jamison Williams is that they would typically put a safety about fifteen to twenty yards back uh lined up you know kind of in line with Jamison Williams and essentially when that happens the defense is saying hey this deep safety if he come if Jamison Williams runs at him he's gonna he's just gonna backpedal and take away anything deep so essentially that just means the defense is capping you right there's nothing deep right so on this particular play the defense was in his own coverage and what Jamison Williams did was he adjusted his route he, he was able to run in between the two middle linebackers that were playing the two zones in the middle of the field. And he just stopped at the sticks, turned around, 
caught the ball and was able to do some damage after the catch. And just being able to recognize that is highly important, especially in an offense that is so nuanced like Michael Flores. But just going into some of the things that he does aside from speed, he he is a violent when he changes directions. When he drops his pads, it's it's quick, it's violent. Um, he does it on a dime. Uh, doesn't give corners a lot of time to react. Uh, elite acceleration and deceleration. And I think the funniest note I have on Jamison Williams is that when he's given a free release from the slot, I just, all I put was that it equals severe damage to the defense because every time, every single time, it's a it's like a chunk 30, 40 yard play. And he just has his way with the defense. And honestly, some of some of what he's doing, it's just it's just not fair. You you can't do anything about it. Uh, he's dominant on double moves, uh, stutter and goes out and ups, all of the above. He'll dominate on just because of his suddenness at the top of his routes. Um, now, something I do want to say is that most of his route tree at Alabama consisted of crossers, comebacks, slants. I think those three routes are probably the most predominant routes in the Michael Floor system, especially off play action boot crossers, comebacks, slants, go routes. It's that's all it is. So the, the one thing the Jets team, the Jets offense is missing is speed. And I didn't want to I didn't want to do this after we missed on Tyreek Hill. I really didn't want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> but after watching the film, I could not, I just, I could not argue that he shouldn't be number one, especially with what I saw. Um, I just want to say that I hate Hussein. He stole my player comp. Um, Let's go. Let's go. So, so I'm going to have, I'm going to have to um, get a little more creative on the spot. I'm going to compare Jamison Williams to a combination, and I want to stress a, a combination of Devontae Smith and Tyreek Hill. Uh, Obviously, Tyreek Hill is a, a unicorn and all that. I understand that. But, you know, you left me no other option, Usain. Did, I, did we really both put Deshaun Jackson for Jamison Williams? We did. I love that. Wow. I had that originally, but then I had both. I was like, ah, we pull both there. Wow. That's insane. I didn't think anyone would think of Deshaun Jackson for him. That's a great comp. It is a great comp. That's honestly it, where my mind first went. And then is that why you is that why you called it astute? Yeah, that is exactly <laughs> why. That's exactly why I called it astute. Yeah, but Jamison Williams is just a lot much better route runner than advertised. Like he's a really good route runner for somebody with four. Really speed. good. Really, really good. good. For sure. His his change of direction is elite. So it's, does the ACL the AC worry you at all at this point? Or It's still a concern. It's not completely out of my mind. Um, the fact that he may not be uh, available during OTAs and uh, preseason to get chemistry built with Zach is a little worrisome. But given the fact that in today's medical day and age where players are able to uh, come back quicker off of ACL surgery and they may not perform at their prior elite level instantly they at least are able to get on the field and learn the nfl which i think is probably the, the probably the most important part of playing in the nfl um but he's the kind of player where you take him and you 
and you are fully expecting by about week four, he's going to be able to hit the ground running. Uh, no pun intended. Um, but I, I think Jamison Williams has got a lot of the tools that can make him a dangerous threat. And I, he's not a Tyreek Hill, but he can be close. He can be pretty close. Um, a lot of those violent pad drops, if you watch Tyreek Hill's tape, it's all over his tape. You know, just, just the way he's able to decelerate on a dime and drop really low and uh, get into his uh, breaks and even manipulate defenders and get in their blind spots. Tyreek Hill does that. Jamison Williams has shown uh, the ability to do that uh, in his college tape. So that's, that's why I have him as, as, my, as my wide receiver one as of right now. Respected. I would say in our like in our text messages, Rob has been far and away the biggest Jamison Williams support out of us three. Yet he had him ranked the lowest. Yep. <clears throat> yep. I, don't I think know. he's just hustling us. Honestly, <laughs> something even more interesting. Um, previously, if you asked me and Joe, maybe like a month and a half ago, our wide receiver one was probably Traylon Burks, and we I had him five. You had him outside your top five. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about who just missed for all of us. Um, I, I'll go first since I just left it off. I, I, I want to give a cre- quick recap of my top five. So at number five, I had Drake London. Uh, number four, I had Chris Olave. Three, which was apparently the big stunner of the podcast, was George Pickens. <laughs> um, two was Garrett Wilson. And one was Jamison Williams. Now, when it comes to players who just missed, obviously Traylon Burks definitely comes to mind. Now, the big reason uh, I left him out was just, and it wasn't because of the 40 time, it wasn't because of the combine testing. It's because when I watched his tape, I was quite disappointed in his, um, I want to put this in a very articulate manner, his lack of uh, discipline in route running. Um, I think he is uh, instantly year one. He's going to have to be a very scheme dependent gadget player. I don't think he can contribute as a wide receiver year one uh, immediately. Um, there were instances uh, where I saw where when he was against man coverage, he didn't really have a plan uh, off the line of scrimmage with his release package. And he would just kind of end up running into the defender and getting caught up and quite a few times it led to the quarterback having to take a sack. And if there's one thing the jets have struggled in the prior years, it's getting open against man coverage and it's kind of concerning. Um, and just watching his, his, uh, his tape, I, there were a couple times where his, his effort wasn't there. Surprisingly, I just, I was kind of befuddled a little bit where, he would uh, kind of um, kind of slow down when the plays weren't uh, where he wasn't the number one read on the plays or the play was going to, uh, to the opposite side of the field or whatever. And he didn't really show like he was giving hundred percent effort on all the snaps. And that's not, that's something that I wasn't a huge fan of either. So um, for that reason, he was outside of my top five. He does, he does a lot of great things in terms of these gadget plays. Uh, he does he does show an ability to go up and get the ball, but if you're asking me, uh, 
I'm taking Drake London over Traylon Burks, which is why I had uh, Drake London over him at uh, number five on my list. But another receiver that was a just miss, and this was really the only receiver that I had a internal conflict about, was Christian Watson. Big, fast, amazing hands, just dominates. Uh, he dominated the FBS. Um, he dominated the Senior Bowl. I think he's got a bright future in the NFL ahead of him. Uh, the reason I didn't have him in the top five is just because, quite frankly, in terms of uh, of jump ball, I think Drake London is uh, a step or two ahead of him. And I like the fact that uh, Drake London was the obvious engine of that offense in, at USC, and he did it at a slightly more competitive level. So that's why I had uh, Drake London in uh, at number five over both Traylon Burks and Christian Watson. Love it. Uh, I mentioned it before. My just, I mentioned my just miss before earlier. Uh, it's Christian Watson. He's six foot four, 208. This guy is massive. Talk about Thanos' hands. I'm reading it now. Dude, this guy's hands are 10 inches and an eighth. This guy he ran a four, three, six. His vertical is 38 and a half inches. This guy is just a freak. Built this guy out of a lab. Um, I, I think he's like, when you watch him, you see a lot of like Chase Claypool, like when he was at Notre Dame, but way more explosive. Um, this guy dominated at the senior bowl. Like Jets take him at, if Jets miss on a receiver in the first round, I will be, I will be very disappointed, but pick 38. I love it. Um, uh, sorry, I was getting a call on Discord from Kyle Parks. Thank you so much. <laughs> a little Kyle shout Parks out. Making shout a little out, bit of appearance. Shout out Kyle Parks, future Giants podcast. Uh, but yeah, Christian Watson, I would love to have him at 38 if, if we did miss on receiver in the first round. I do want to add, though, um, do, do you think there's a chance that uh, Christian Watson is gone before pick 35? I wouldn't be totally shocked but it just depends on who went before him or who, who he went ahead of like is he gonna go ahead of like Jahan Dotson is he gonna go ahead of George Pickens um I don't know like who who else is he gonna go ahead of Chris Olave that's who you really gotta take that many receivers gonna go in the first round like it's it all depends I would, I would be a little shocked if he went before. Okay, fair. I, he's not my, like, next up guy, but I do not expect him to be there at 35. There's a lot of wide receiver needy teams. Before I get into my thing, we can all agree that the biggest threat to take a wide receiver before us is Atlanta, right? Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Terri- they're terrifying. They also need a quarterback, but... They also need a quarterback. They're running out Marcus Mariota. But my number six is some... I'm glad neither of you guys mentioned him. It's Jahan Dobson, and my comparison for Jahan Dobson is Elijah Moore. I don't care about the redundancies, like especially because at this point with Jahan Dobson, we're talking around two. I don't care about the redundancies. You get a really good – like, yes, he's a little smaller, a little skinny, so are a lot of these guys. You get a good football player who's fast, who runs routes well, who catches the ball, who's smart. You can never have enough of those. Like, would we really complain if our team had two Elijah Moores right now? No. Exactly yeah. my point. So, like, yes, Jahan Dawson, the concept of him is a little redundant. 
not disagreeing with that, but we're not, we wouldn't complain if we have two Elijah Moores and it's the same thing. So he's my number six. He's my most just missed. You guys are talking about Christian Watson. I just have a, he could be definitely very good. I have a little bit of a concern with guys who are like combine warriors, senior bowl guys. Cause like, yes, a lot of his problems are mental. Denzel Mims dominated the combine. Denzel Mims dominated the senior bowl. Right. Like exactly let's, what not, I was about to say. let's not put way too much stock into that. Like Denzel Mims, combine was ridiculous. His senior bowl was ridiculous, but I don't want to uh, put too much stock into that because he did play at the FBS level and he didn't get a lot of targets in a run heavy offense. So I do really like your uh, Dotson too. He reminds me of like a, uh, like a smaller Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, he's, and definitely, he's definitely got that lower body explosiveness to his game. Yeah. But uh, I, th- I think uh, that kind of wraps it up for us. Um, I hope you – I hope all the listeners enjoyed our top five lists. It, it seems like it was a little bit um, uh, bomb-stropped in this episode. Um, but A little shell-shocking. Yeah, a little, sh- a little shell-shocking. But on that note, we hope that you – We'll continue listening to our future top five positional uh, draft reviews where Mune Hussain and maybe some other special guests will be joining us. Uh, on that note, please uh, follow our Twitter page at Revis underscore Butthead on Twitter. Uh, you'll see a very nice, pretty cover photo that I put a lot of effort into. So I hope <laughs> you enjoy that as well. Um, but please do not be afraid to like, comment, interact with uh, us Jets fans, talk some Jet football. We hope to see this jet uh this jets team in, in playoffs soon. Uh peace out guys.